Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Halfway through the week, I, um, I texted Paul and I said, um, unless you've got a message, I'm preaching on something. And he's like, oh, okay. And um, he came home at night and he said, like, what, what happened? What inspired you? I said, no, I literally fell. Because sometimes you look at a video where you hear a preacher and it triggers a, you know, a trail of thoughts. But I said, I literally felt this message fall. You know, like how you turn the shower on and the water comes out? It just literally fell on me like that. And just, I was blown away. So I'm really excited about this word, eh? Um, I was reminded of being three years old and lying, I don't know why my mum did this, but lying on the kitchen seat to watch the old black and white television that we had. And um, I've still got pictures of this, of me as a three-year-old just lying flat and um, in front of this television screen and, and watching television. And um, Most of the time it was programs that probably you wouldn't know, Tiana, like the Walters. <laughs> and I dream of Jeannie. Who knows I dream of Jeannie? See, that just showed your age, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd, um, I'd go for the big knob at the bottom and I'd turn it and every now and then I'd be cringing because I'd realise that it was on the wrong channel and you'd get this chaotic kind of like <laughs> sound coming out of the television and then I'd realise that I actually had to turn it a little bit more and then you'd get up to the test screen and then you'd get that annoying kind of like kind of sound and... My mum would be yelling from the living room, don't you dare keep it on the test screen because it tends to burn into your television. And um, every now and then I would go and visit somebody else's house and I'd be sitting on the couch and look at the television and realise that that's actually very true, that if you leave it on the test screen, you fall asleep in front of the, the television on a chair, it tends to burn into your television. So I realised that you can tune in or you can tune out. And I feel like today's word really is about that. It's about um, tuning into God, tuning into the atmosphere of heaven, and allowing that atmosphere to, um, to be around you and influence everything and anything that you do at all times. Like, see, even now I can actually feel kinetic presence on my head. Like, I feel like the Holy Spirit's really excited about this. Okay, so... The question for today is like, what are you tuning into? If I would have turned that knob and been on the wrong channel, Little House in the Prairie would have still been there, but I wouldn't have been tuning into it. And I feel like it's the same with God, that you can so miss the channel at times and tune into other stuff around you, like you can tune into issues going on with family members or work being quite overwhelming and consuming or um, it's doing day-to-day -day life and you forget to tune in to what's actually inside of you. And years later, after, um, after this, I, just, I remember seeing this video on, um, on YouTube and it was about this scientist that had these copper rods and he put them on the table and I think there were five of them resurrected them up and then he had a tuning fork, you know like the thing that you use for a guitar? And he said, watch this. 
he hits the side of the table and you have that resonating sound and then he put the tuning fork up on the table in between the rods and pretty soon you started to hear that vibrational sound and all the rods started to vibrate at the frequency of the tuning fork and I thought that's amazing the whole table and like he hasn't touched any of those rods but the whole table is vibrating at that frequency and then he said watch this and he picks up the tuning fork and I remember looking at it and thinking like okay now it's going to stop right but it didn't the moment he took the tuning fork away that frequency was already there and it just it just stayed and all these rods were still vibrating at that frequency and it blew me away because I realized it was such a prophetic moment imagine Jesus being that tuning fork and there's a resonating sound from heaven and he creates an atmosphere around him and then he ascends to heaven but the atmosphere is still there and it's released to everything around you and that one copper rod actually created an atmosphere around itself and then the next rod started vibrating and the next rod started vibrating and i feel like that really applies to our circumstances where we can choose to tune into that tuning fork and become a resonating sound from heaven and create that release from the kingdom of God that influence everything around us at all times. Mm. It's massive. So the sound of heaven, what does it sound like when you release that? Heaven's language, heaven's kingdom, what does that resonating sound sound like? It's goodness. It's peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. It's love, the resonating sound of love around you. Uh, I was recently challenged by someone, like I won't say who or what, but somebody that I found very challenging to be around, and I thought, I'm gonna delve into that atmosphere of love. And the whole atmosphere shifted. Suddenly the difficulty was gone and there was a connection there. Mm. I feel like the sound of heaven created a different atmosphere. You could tune into that. Mm. Or you could tune into the difficulty and get stuck on it, right? The atmosphere of heaven is kindness. Mm. I remember one time going to McDonald's and I could feel it manifest in front of me. Now I'm a feeler, like really I'm a feeler. I'm kinetically aware of the Holy Spirit a lot. I could feel the kindness of God manifest in front of me. And I looked at the guy behind the cash register didn't say a word and he burst out crying and he said you're so kind I didn't say anything it was the atmosphere of heaven it just blew me away because he just started spilling like talking about his dad and what he used to wear and what he did in his free time and just he just he he cried and I thought the atmosphere of kindness for whatever reason God's chosen to release that around me without me speaking a word about this before uh, the spirit of God we say spirit of God or spirit of holiness or Holy Spirit the word spirit it, it also means atmosphere Ruach it means atmosphere of holiness even while speaking it out I can feel it around me like that's what God wants to infuse our lives with at all times an atmosphere of holiness mm. 
I've had people that randomly started telling me about God, and I didn't know them. Like, we used to go out to New Age festivals and talk to people, and it used to blow me away that they would start telling me I don't believe in God, and I was like, I wonder why you said that. Because I never spoke to you. I don't know you. So why did they start speaking about God? It's the atmosphere around us that's infused with holiness that gets people to be at. And they don't know why. They're telling me what they believe in or don't believe in. I love that. The glory of God. It says the glory of God covers the earth. It means that it's here all the time. But are we tuning into that? Mm. Are we tuning into the glory of God? Are we asking for it? Because the Holy Spirit says, or God says in the Bible, they have not because they ask not. So are we asking for an atmosphere of glory to manifest around us in everything we do? In everything. In making the food at night, in speaking to your children, in going to the shops, are we asking an atmosphere of glory to to be released in the atmosphere, or are we forgetting to tune in? It's mm. good. Too. The purity of God—that's another one. Do you know that so many people in the world today don't know what real purity is? Mm. They have no idea. I've had people start to tell me about their most intimate stuff. I'm like, please don't. Please don't. Don't talk to you, you know. But that's what that atmosphere does. People start to confess because they want to come into that atmosphere of purity. And we need to be a vessel that helps them. Yeah. Releasing the purity of God. Speaking out sanctification and redemption to the people around us to give them hope. You know, sometimes it's so small. I remember a couple of weeks ago, there was this lady, and all I did was smile at her. And she smiled back, and I said, I love your smile. And she just burst out crying. And she said, That's just the nicest thing I've heard all day. And it really touched her heart. Oh, it's just a smile. But God chose to use that and to reveal his kindness towards you. We need to be aware of what we're releasing in the atmosphere around us. And if we're tuning out, let's make this a night where we're tuning back in eh? to be aware of what Mm. we're releasing to the people. The joy of God. You know what I've learned over the last couple of years? When I read the Bible, I used to read it as, oh yeah, this is all possible. I read it now and I realize that the reason that God says stuff in the Bible is because we could choose not to. So when it says in the Bible, and it says it again and again, rejoice in the Lord, it's because we can forget to do it. We can forget to rejoice. We can forget to come into that atmosphere of of thankfulness and rejoicing. And, And again, like I said before, you can get so overwhelmed by your circumstances that you forget to tune into that. Mm. But we can release an atmosphere of joy around us. Yeah. Wow. Imagine doing that with people that are depressed. Mm. Or speaking into their life to get their atmosphere to shift. I feel like, especially now, it's crucial that we do that. I'm hearing more and more testimonies of people that are really 
needing something in this season. I'm hearing from people that are lonely and desolate and, and frazzled by circumstances at the moment. And I think something small can be so significant, you know, in this season. You don't know what that smile does at the shops when you talk to the lady behind the cash register. You don't know what it does when you speak to someone on the street or encourage someone in a taxi. Or you just, you don't know what it shifts. But we call to be atmosphere shifters. Amen. Redemption. Do you know there's so many people that have no hope? I remember when I became a Christian, I heard somebody say, no matter who you are or where you came from, you can actually come to God. And I thought, my whole childhood, I actually went to church with the neighbors from the age of three on to nine, and I thought, I've never heard this. Nobody in that whole church experience told me that I didn't have to have what it takes to become a Christian? I was blown away. Like, you mean that I can just come to God with all my mess and be a Christian? I had no idea what the word redemption actually means. Nobody had told me that there's actually a saving grace. Mm. Wow. Sometimes something so small can be the difference between having no hope and receiving that hope. There's so many people that feel stuck in their circumstances. I need you to speak out that there's actually a different way. You know, it says in the words, speak it when it's convenient and unconvenient. And trust me, when you're hitting somebody's trigger points, it's going to be unconvenient. But it still needs to be said. And the more they flare up, the more it means that you're hitting that nail on the head. Like, we've had people at festivals be really angry at us, eh? How dare you say that? And then later on we heard that that was actually what impacted them. Because all this stuff's coming, you know, flying out. Oh, I've seen scenes, I could go on for ages about scenes that Paul had where people were flaring up and one guy grabbed you by the arm and, and then he spoke into his life and you saw all these walls break away. We have the voice of redemption spilling out of us if we tune into that if we allow it to come out. And if we realize that our voice is a crucial voice mm. in the world in this hour, and that even a smile can make a difference, you know? Something small. Grace, that's huge. I remember a season of going to church where I didn't understand grace. It really was an ongoing revelation. I, could, I was so black and white in my thinking, and I used to tune into God, but not understand how people could not do that. So even though I was saved, I had no comprehension of what grace actually is. And yet we could speak out grace towards each other. You know, when one person's down, the other person speaks into the life to get up. That's why community is so important. You know, so you're not an isolated island that when you're down, you're down and nobody speaks into that. We need to cover each other with grace and the people around us to speak grace into them. Yeah. Mm. So good. Empowerment. You know, we can empower people with our words to motivate them to be all that they're called to be in God. It could be a business opportunity 
and to actually speak out. Like, I remember last week I spoke to someone and I told her what I see over her life, and I thought she knew. I thought that we were really good friends and that she was aware of how I viewed her, and she wasn't. Because I said to her, I see you as a safe person that I trust, that I can tell anything, and I know that. And she was blown away. And, and I, thought, I, I thought you knew that, but she didn't. So even the smallest word can actually empower someone to be all that they need to be in God. And sometimes we think that they know, but they don't. You know? And we can motivate each other and call out the gold in each other and go like, oh, you know what, when I see you, I see something beautiful. I see someone of value. You know how so many people doubt their value? Sometimes we're not even aware of it, how people doubt why they're actually here. Yeah. But we can speak out empowerment and purpose and grace and encourage them that God actually has a plan for their life and that it will come to pass. And even when it's heavy, that he will still use that. Yeah. I remember years ago, I was um, looking at the psalm that says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It hit me, I shall not want have no lack. And I felt the Lord say, if I'm a shepherd, who are you? And I said, I'm a sheep. And if it says, you lead me to green pastures, it means that as a sheep, I'm actually in my perfect circumstances. Because he says that he's leading me to green pastures. And what does a sheep need? It needs green grass. That means that everything around me is actually created to let me thrive. Mm. Even the difficulty is actually created to make me stronger and more empowered and more in tune with the Holy Spirit if I tune in. Wow. Blew me away. He leads me there if I follow in his steps. So all I need to do is keep up with the Holy Spirit when he's walking in that direction. Or tell me where to go when I'm walking beside the Holy Spirit. Lead me to those green pastures. I had a dream last week that was really disturbing. Like I get a lot of prophetic dreams. In this dream, I remember yelling out at the devil, you don't understand. Everything you throw at me just makes me stronger. And I woke up and I felt such a prophetic explosion of of that revelation that it blew me away. I felt like the Hulk. <laughs> Everything thrown at me makes me stronger. Why? It's because God says that he's got plans to prosper me. And he'll use everything to prosper me. Even the worst of circumstances are actually going to make me stronger. The devil can't win. Yeah. He cannot win. Wow. Victory is ours. Overcoming is ours. Green pastures are ours. If we tune in and if we be led and if we recognize that the Lord is our shepherd, mm. we won't have any wants. Oh my gosh. No lack. Everything we have is in the circumstances around us. Purpose. I spoke about it just now. God has plans to prosper us. God has created plans for us to walk in in advance 
And all we have to do is step into them. And, you know, you might think that the plans that he has for you are insignificant, but let me tell you this, nobody else can do it. Mm. Nobody else is a better you than you. Nobody else can occupy the plans that he has for you. Mm. Nobody can be an atmosphere shifter in your world than you. You're called to that. You're called to prosper in your life. And nobody can steal that anointing off you. And something really small, like smiling at someone, might have a massive impact. Has anyone heard of the butterfly effect? Mm. Where the butterfly flutters and it impacts, you know? We don't know what we do does, but we're called to it, mm. you know? So I'm asking Holy Spirit to create more and more plans for me to prosper in, to be that voice and be that atmosphere shifter and be all that I'm called to be, whether it feels insignificant or not. I want to be the best me that I can be because nobody else can do it. Yeah. The job's taken. Yeah? Mm. So good. Oh, the favor of God. I read one time, you know, like um, how it says in the Bible that God's heart yearned for Ephraim. Ephraim. When I read the, the, um, the Hebrew root words of it, it actually said that God's battles roared over Ephraim. Like, roared? God has such an um, exponential favor on us, and we're not even aware of it, mm. that he's like a lion, eh? like Dye said. He roars over us. Yeah. And it was compared to, you know, like how you, you're hungry and then you walk past Subway and you see those sandwiches lying there and all the food and your gut is telling you that you need to eat? God desires to have connection with us like a ferocious lion. He desires to connect with us and he roars over that intimacy with us. His love is not a sweet, dull, dull, down lovey fuzzy feeling i mean there is a lovey fuzzy feeling to it but it's a roaring ferocious overwhelming all-empowering presence wow. and that's what he wants to release out of us that roaring lion mm. and he wants to release favor on everything we do but we need to not stop asking lord show me your favor Show your favor through me to all the people around me. Let me be a blessing and an influence and an atmosphere shifter. Release favor on everything I do. I do it in the car park. Lord, move the sea of cars and give us that car spot. Release your favor. And then suddenly there's a car spot and then we wink at each other. Like, see, there you go. It's like the Red Sea that parted. <laughs> and there's that car spot and it's right in front of there where we need to go, right? I'm just saying, but we need to not stop asking. Lord, show your favor through everything I do and allow me to be a blessing through that as well so I can bless other people with your favor to show how eagerly you desire to be in connection with us. Like a roaring lion, like super glue. Presence spilling out of us. Forgiveness. 
It's a really huge one. There's nothing as bad as talking to someone that can't tune into forgiveness, sometimes not forgive themselves. Mm. That's why we need to be a resonating voice that speaks out that it's actually done. That's what Jesus said on the cross. It's completed, it's done, you're forgiven. To speak out that there's actually mercy. Because mm. yeah. the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And if there's roots in somebody's life, he's, he'll, he'll rub salt into it. Mm. That's why we need to be that voice of redemption that says God came to forgive. The Son of God is the Lamb that came to forgive. And you're actually all right. Called to righteousness through Jesus. And he's standing there with open arms. I remember one time in my early Christian walk when I still had such an orphan mindset, one of the pastors said, do you realize that God is like a father that takes you on his shoulders and is boasting? This is my child. Hmm. And I had no idea because I didn't know what that was like. And those words actually hit me in my spirit. And I realized that God is proud of me. I have a lot of stuff I wasn't proud of. But God speaks out forgiveness over that. So that you can stand in that righteousness. Mm. And be proud of what God wants to do through you. Mercy. So good to speak out mercy over people. Who's seen the movie of Mother Teresa? Like some people really have a mercy gift. But you need to be that voice of mercy in the world. Speaking out to people anywhere and everywhere. I remember one time walking past this guy when I was working in the, the close to gospel and he was out on the street and was homeless and I was very aware that he had schizophrenia and he used to sit on this um, street corner and um, he just, you could tell that he wasn't really fully with it. And I remember one day walking past him and I thought, I'm actually a bit worried about talking to him by myself, being a woman with no other ministry person there. I think you need to be wise with what you do. But I remember one day feeling God wanted me to do something for this man. And I put down a bag, and it was just full of groceries, and drawing pads, and pencils, and, and I can't remember what I said. I just said something like, this is for you. I didn't speak about God or Jesus or anything. I said, this is for you. And it was full of pencils, because he used to draw all the time. The next time I walked past him, he had taken the notepads, ripped the pages out, put it all behind him, and they were all pictures of Jesus. Who told him that? Whoa. I thought, this guy's probably prophetic. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And then he smiled. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Mercy flows through us. Whether we speak it out or not, there's an atmosphere that we release that we've got to be aware of. Whether we say it or not, people There's a scripture that says, whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. 
If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on this house. If not, it will return to you. So speak out peace, and the atmosphere of peace will be released. But if there's no son of God, it will come back to you. So there's a frequency being released. God invites us to speak over our atmosphere and the atmosphere around us, over our house, over our children, over our work, over our circumstances. And it says in Job 22, verse 28, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Mm. He invites us to decree over our circumstances. Yeah. But we sometimes forget to ask. Or to decree over our circumstances. So, so decreeing and confessing before God. I release my faith for what are you believing in? I release faith for that. I decree that God's will will be done over this. Yeah. In Jesus' name. I confess the glory of God for today and for the future. The favor of God for today and for the future. I declare it over my circumstances. I am clothed in righteousness. Righteousness. It's a good one. I'm clothed in righteousness. I'm covered in glory. I'm releasing righteousness and glory and kindness and purity into the atmosphere around me. I want to be a vessel that's tuned in. I have a banner of? Peace. Peace. Love and peace over my life. You know when there was an army, they used to have that one, I wonder if there's one here. They used to have that one banner that was up on a, like a stick, and sometimes it would have the tribe on it, so it would be a declaring thing. So it could have like the tribe of Judah over it, and there was just this one stick in the middle where they would show what tribe it was. His banner over us, it says, love. Wow. His banner over me is love. That's what I'm declaring over my life. His banner over my life. I am marked by God for, what should we say? Purity. Say that. I am marked by God for purity. I want to be a pure vessel in the world today. There's so many businesses that are caught up in corruption or deceitful ways around us, and yet, what if we say that we might for purity, that our speech is pure, and that's another one. Like, I get challenged in the workplace, that one. People that have flowery language, but I'm much for purity, so I'm not gonna start speaking that. Yeah? Be a vessel. Yeah. The winds of, mm, blow over my life. They say the winds of change. Sometimes I need to declare that over the mindsets that I'm in. Lord, I don't want to be stuck in mindsets of forgiveness or disgruntledness. I want the winds of change to blow over my atmosphere so that I become a vessel that actually represents you as an ambassador. Amen. 
They're all going to be stuck in grudges against people. And trust me, I'm, I'm human. Like, I get moments where I'm ticked off. But I don't want to be that kind of ambassador. I want to be an ambassador of love that represents Christ well so that I'm not the chance that somebody missed. I want them to look at me and see Christ and not my frustration. So the winds of change over my life, over my mind, over my heart, over my spirit. Yeah? New opportunities. I decree that God has set new opportunities over me and around me and through me for people, for myself, for my family, for my children, for my friends, new opportunities that God will open all the doors that are right and close all the doors that are wrong. New jobs, opportunities of favor, a career over my life in Jesus' name. God causes me to go where others cannot go. Me and Paul have had that word a lot. We've had the word a lot that we get to talk to the people that other people can't reach. God creates doors where the doors have been closed, opens them up, creates connections with people that won't have a bar of like religiosity, and yet we get to speak out the true gospel message. It creates opportunities. Yeah. Nobody else can go there. But you might be called to something. I confess and receive unusual anointing or blessing. I receive unusual blessing in my life. I confess it and I receive it in Jesus' name. Jesus says that he's the anointed one, the Messiah, oil of the Spirit. He so wants to infuse our life with anointing. But we need to not stop asking. Lord, make me an anointed vessel that impacts the world around me. The word shamer shaman means like a fattening oil that they used to smear over the heads of the lambs to get them to not be like eaten up by flies. I want the Lord to cover my head like a lamb. That protection. So good. Yeah. I confess and receive mega. What should we make it? Kindness. The kindness of God. I've had a, couple, had a couple of moments where I so felt God's supernatural kindness that I actually think that He shields the full release of that. I wonder if we can actually like, receive the full manifestation of what he is and who he is. I wonder if we can handle the full manifestation of his love. Oh my gosh. But just understanding the kindness of Jesus. There's no malice in him. There's no darkness in him. It's all kindness and goodness towards us. Reminds me of that scripture that says, though I walk through a valley of darkness or evil, I fear no evil. That's somebody that knows the heart of God. Because when you know the true kindness of God, you're not worried about darkness. 
Because he's got you. No matter what, he's got you. My steps are ordained by the Lord. If I tune in. Mm. Again, it's a choice. Doesn't mean that he doesn't want to, but you can choose to do whatever you want to do. You can decree it over your life. My steps are ordained by the Lord. I choose to stay in step with what he does. I want to follow his direction. I want to go where he tells me to go. I want the ground on my feet to be holy ground. Mm. Shod with the gospel of peace on my feet. I'm heads and not tails. God's called me to be a victorious person. I decree it over my life that I am an overcomer. That he will strengthen me in all my ways. God's chosen me to prosper. He's chosen plans for my life to prosper. If I choose to tune in, see, it's very easy to tune out and start responding to that resonating sound from the world. You only need to like put on the television to start tuning into that. And it can be quite depressing. But when we start tuning into God, it's a different frequency, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. God causes things to work in my favor. Even the difficulty. Sometimes it's a challenge to say, like, okay, Lord, that was really hard, but what was the lesson in it? Where's the blessing? And what can I learn from that? What can I change in my behavior? It's just, it's such a tricky one, because I say to people, like, God doesn't choose to harm you, and yet sometimes you are in circumstances that for whatever reason he chose to allow that, and yet you can learn a plan to prosper you out of it. Does that make sense? Because I, I come into contact with so many people that blame God. Mm. Why did he do that? But the truth is he didn't. He allowed it, but there is a lesson that you can pull out of those circumstances. It's the devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, not God. Mm. He doesn't come to destroy your life. God comes to give you abundant life. In the midst of those difficulties, he actually wants to raise you up as a warrior. If you choose to tune into the truth that comes out of that, God, what truth can I learn from this season when I get into the next one? What can I take on board to live and learn and grow and prosper out of this? Yeah? I have anointed for health and prosperity. The word prosperity is cringe word for some people. But I have anointed for healing. I can pray for people and believe that God can do that. And even in the times when I pray for people that didn't see it happen, I've, I've learned to, um, to realize that things manifest in heaven before they do on earth. There's no such thing as nothing happened.
Sometimes the prayer bowls in heaven need to be filled before they're released. But what if you stop praying? What if you stop praying for healing? Then that ball just sits there. But if you keep praying into it, it has to tip. Amen? I've had times where I prayed for people who didn't see it yet. I've had times where I prayed for people and saw it happen. I've seen cysts disappear. I've seen moles on people's heads sweep down and vanish. Amazing. And then I've had other times where I prayed for people who didn't see it manifest yet. But we've got to keep believing that it's actually happening in the heavenlies. Yeah. And that earth needs to catch up to heaven, not the other way around. On earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven there's holiness. There's wholeness. The shalom of heaven means wholeness over our spirits and our minds and our souls and our bodies. Yeah. Wholeness. When I say shalom, it's so much more than just peace. It's a heavenly atmosphere. That's good shit. I will not lack. That's huge. Because that's what it says in that psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have no lack. I have no lack. I've told crazy stories about how I pressed in for that, and in a season that I really, really needed it, he showed me that I had no life. Crazy stories about milk being in places where I knew it wasn't, and vanilla sugar manifesting in the cupboard when I knew it wasn't there. I had no lack. I remember one time I had a piano teacher come out to teach my son piano, and I realized that I only had $12, and the lesson was 24. There was no one in the house. And I went to the toilet and I came back. And I looked on the piano and it was 22. There was nobody there in the house. I don't know how it happened. And I was like, Lord, I'm $2 short. There's $22 on the piano. Who did that? Where did it come from? It was 12 before I went to the bathroom and now it's 22. And then the teacher called me up and he canceled the lesson. He showed me there was no lack, that I had everything that I needed. He multiplied it in a supernatural way and showed me that I didn't even need it. Oh my gosh. I wonder, what would have happened if I didn't go to the bathroom? Would I have seen an angel come in and put it down on the piano? I kept counting that money. I understand. It was $12 and now it's not. I'm pretty sure it was, that was twelve dollars. No, I know it was twelve dollars. And I'm putting the coins down and checking out the It's twenty-two now. Where did it come from? And then I'm looking in the house, and there's nobody here. The kids are in school. My husband's at work. There's nobody in the house, and that money's just gone from twelve to twenty-two. What? Oh my gosh, there is no lack. Thou shalt decree, shall decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine on thy ways. What are you decreeing over your life right now? What are you asking from God right now? I feel like this has been a supernatural 
season of um, release of breakthrough of people and they're not aware of it. Because we've been so undone by all this stuff of COVID and restrictions and, and we don't realize that God's actually doing a new thing. Mm. Yeah. He actually wants to release us into supernatural breakthrough. And we could miss it if we don't tune in. It's never going to stop. And everything thrown at us is going to make us stronger. Come on. Amen. Yeah. It's good. We need to be aware of what we carry and how we impact the world around us. The atmosphere that we release, whether we speak it or not, and we need to start to create into that and realize that even the smallest things can actually impact because He's created plans to prosper us and prosper people through us. Because nobody else does a better job at being you than you do. <laughs> nobody else can fulfill the plans that he has for you to walk in. Isn't that massive? Yeah. Wow. I remember one time thinking about Smith Wigglesworth. Did you know that he was illiterate? And yet when God chooses to give somebody shoes, and when I mean shoes, I mean like a ministry or a calling, nobody else fits those shoes. He'll choose whatever vessel he wants to fulfill his plans. And you might be envious of somebody else's shoes, but the truth is that you've got shoes that perfectly fit you. He used to stand on stage and he'd be undone by goal um, issues, like he had goal stones. And one day I was thinking about him and I thought, I wonder how many people sat in that congregation and listened to Smith Wigglesworth being quite illiterate and thought, I've done seminar, I'm, I'm literate, I know stuff, I know the Bible, and yet God chose to use that vessel. Nobody can take your shoes. If he chooses to get you to walk in somebody, nobody can take those shoes. Nobody can walk in the plans that he has to prosper you. When he chooses you, whether you're equipped or not, is really irrelevant. Because it's him working through you. Amen? Yeah, it's good. Okay, I'm done for today, guys. So my encouragement is start decreeing over your life. Start decreeing over it. Tune in and ask. And allow him to release what he wants to release through you. And be aware that even the smallest thing can have the biggest impact on people around you. Amen. That's a good word, eh? Yes. Wow, so good. Hey, look, why don't we take a moment, um, just as we wrap up, and just do a little self-assessment. Because as we walk out of here, it's just me and God. It's you and God. It's you and that tuning fork. <laughs> you know, and the self-assessment we can do, and it, I'm sure the Holy Spirit, you probably already know where you're at with God right now. And it's not about condemnation. It's about, you know, like Sheikh said at the beginning of the message, when you're looking at that TV and there's the test pattern there and all there's that... that, that because it's not on all the old-fashioned radios, it's the same thing. If we do a self-assessment, what we're doing is we're looking at our life and going, am I tuned in, basically? Am I tuned in? Have I been tuned in? 
Or how often do I tune in? Do I only tune in when I'm in church? Do I tune in when I get out of bed in the morning? When you know I'm having my morning coffee or whatever it is, is that the time when I tune in? Do I tune in at night before I go to bed? Or do I tune out then? Do I tune out the moment I get to work? Do I tune out? You know, I think the best thing we can do as a re- in a response to a message like that would be to do a little self-assessment and just go, okay, Holy Spirit. It's kind of almost like what David said in Psalm 139, I think it was. Test me and see if there be any way in me. Search my heart and know. You know, and so why don't we just take a moment before the Lord, before we finish up, and just um, in that moment, just say, Lord, I want to tune in. Show me how in my circumstances, in my life. And uh, you might make a little covenant between you and God that this week you'll uh, be more determined to tune in and see what God is up to. And, and then say, okay, Lord, I want to I wanna resonate heaven. I want the frequency of heaven to be released through me this week. And then build on that as we go. Yeah? So let's take a few moments just quietly for the Lord. And I'll just wrap up in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Father, just as we uh, as we draw this little gathering to, to a close, Lord, we uh, we just want to submit ourselves afresh to you, Lord, where we have been tuning in and out. Lord, we want to be more constant with that tuning into you and your presence, the frequency of heaven. We want that that frequency that all those things that Sheik talked about to be constant in our lives and not infrequent. We, we want your Holy Spirit to resonate through us all the time, no matter what we're doing in our, all our relationships, in, in every place that we go. When we lie down at night, even in our dreams, Lord, and would release the frequency of heaven so that our dreams would be places where you can speak to us and we can receive revelation Lord as we read your word as we talk to our neighbours as we as we contemplate making dinner or cleaning the house or preparing for the next task at work Lord we want to be vessels of noble purposes in this season of our lives, Lord. Show us how we can do that, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au. God bless.